0: Everybody here, uh, those of you online, uh, it's just it's just amazing to see what this thing has done. Uh, and it wasn't us. I, I did a, a podcast interview this last week with a couple of people that are looking at religion and, and how things go now, post-COVID and the like, and uh, they, they, we went on for quite a while. So I think that they, they had a good time, but one of the questions they asked was, what made you decide to do this? And I said, I didn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't my idea, and when it was other people's idea, I fought it every step of the way, But you did. It was months before I finally went, all right, this might last a bit. And then I thought, as soon as COVID's over, and now we know it won't be ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, I have an announcement. I don't normally do announcements, but this is important. The women, we've talked about uh, the women here again, and as you can see, um, we are very egalitarian. But the women have their own newsletter. The men won't get one because we wouldn't read it. But the women have a new newsletter, and it's quarterly. The first one comes out the last week of November. So, if you would like to... And you don't have. To, we're not going to do a check. If a guys want to read it as well, it's fair enough. Anybody that wants to read it, if you want to be on that list, just send your name, your email. will we'll show up immediately to info at oursafeharbor.com. And you can always send me questions about what we're doing, or why, or um, scripture. That's always welcome at patrick at oursafeharbor.com. And complaints will go to Dave at no. <laughs> He doesn't he doesn't even have an address here. He knows he's smarter than we are. Today, celebrating Friendsgiving, it's a, it's an appropriate time to be thankful to God for all that we've received. And of course, back in the day, whenever you could not store things, uh, Thanksgiving was terribly important because what you had gathered, you were thankful for because that was what was going to sustain you through the winter until you could and the spring, until you could harvest again. While wow. We're going to do a Jesus story today. It won't be the same as we have been doing, where we look at one story and we unfold and unpack it. We're going to lead up to the story, and we're going to start with a young couple on the beach. Cammie and I were blessed to be on the beach recently for a week. When we're there, we sit very quietly and read, comfortable in the silence, comfortable in the peace. And then, a couple pulled their chairs right up to ours and turned them facing us. <laughs> they were very pale. One was redheaded. I went, Boston. And he goes, yeah. And he said, where are you guys from? And so we called each other Boston and Nashville for a while because I refer, refused to be called Spring Hill in case somebody thinks my parents really need me that. So we, they, they found us fascinating. And they asked questions about everything. Where'd you meet? How'd you meet? How long you been together? We told them, and they looked at each other, shocked that someone could live that long, much less with another person. <laughs> they, um, you know, they he was a longshoreman, a young lo- longshore and union organizer. So we have so much in common. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it just... It, Everything about, it. when he's, we said, Nashville, well, what do you think about this music? What do you think about that person? What do you, constantly. Now, Cammy would escape every now and then because somebody in the beach area would light up a, a cigarette or cigar, and that's kryptonite to her. So she would go looking for shells. I had no such escape. So I would continue to do this conversation. And by the way, they did find us again. They said, we're here all week. How long are you? <laughs> well, I'm not allowed to lie. So I said, we're here all week, but we move like the Spirit. No, I didn't say that. That was inside. <clears throat> that was insight. Now, they brought out a box. I did not know this was a thing. Uh, and please, you know, I know boxed wine. I've seen that. This was a box of margaritas. Well, yeah, warm box on a hot beach. And they kept offering them to us. And we we're going, no, no, we're fine. We're fine. Now we're not opposed. To someone having a glass of wine, a beer, or a margarita, we're not—we're not opposed. You know, drunkenness, yes, we're opposed, but not—not uh, not to you know celebrate the day. But that was a big box, two people, and they were working their way through it, and I was thinking they'll go to sleep now. No. no. <laughs> Questions kept getting more interesting, and finally he said, "Well, do you guys not drink?" And I said, "Well, that's not the issue. It's just if we do, we do a one and done." And they looked at me, and I said. They said, always? And I said, yeah, I've never been drunk. And their jaws dropped. Now, Cammy was hunting shells. And so they pointed immediately, what about her? (laughs) Like, I can see how you, Patrick, would never be drunk. But that's a wild woman, you know. that. (laughs) I looked, I said, no, she hasn't either. They were stunned. And they asked, why? In a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked him, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the others? Has no one else returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go, your faith has made you well. Now, we were always taught this thing about, you better be thankful. We bet you a lot or some of the nine. And I'm thinking, well, fair enough. I'm not real thankful for this moment. But um, I'm thankful for other things let's talk about this leprosy back then was everywhere today we we refer to leprosy very specifically as hansen's disease but leprosy back then was a bigger catch-all word for a variety of contagious skin conditions leviticus actually lays out exactly how to tell if it's contagious or not it's just it's brilliant it's not fun reading but you know there's oozing and scaling and, and the like but it shows which ones are contagious and which ones are not. So somebody with eczema, let's say, or psoriasis, was not considered unclean. The Jews understood the difference. Well, leprosy was horrible. If you don't know, uh, I've had people say, well, leprosy causes bits of you to fall off. Indirectly. What leprosy does is it attacks the nerve endings in your skin. So you don't know you've cut them. You don't know you've injured them you don't know infections in. And so ears fall off, fingers fall off, noses fall off. It's a really horrible, horrible disease. Disfiguring, um, it is also, a, you know, you're not allowed in public places, understandably so. Most did not ring a bell yelling unclean, by the way, uh, because where are they gonna get a bell? They can't shop for a bell. They can't be around their friends. So they just had to wander off alone wrapped up, disfigured, away from their families, away from community, away from worship, away from work, where men get an inordinate amount of their self-image. And they can't even be a worker anymore. Jesus had pity on them and told him, go show yourselves to the priest. Now this is an act of faith, by the way. Because you're looking down at your disease and he's saying, show yourself to the priest. The priest back then functioned as gatekeepers to the community. And if you came in and you had disfigurement from the disease, but you say it's no longer active, they actually had a process, it's in Leviticus, to check to make sure that it wasn't active. And after you'd gone through ritual cleanings and it had not spread, then you were released back into the community. So he's saying, go. But there was more than cleansing here and the arresting of the disease. Because as they went, they were cleansed, and it was visible. One person looks and realizes, I've not just stopped having the disease. I am well. I am restored. And I love that. On, as they went, they were cleansed. that, That excites me. By the way, this will sound like a rabbit chase, but it really isn't. Very often when we talk about baptism, and we're real big on baptism, being immersed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I think scripture backs up that, uh, that emphasis. Uh, there are some people that say, well, bapti- you're, then your work's salvation because you have to be baptized. Well, we're not saying you that salvation is dependent upon any one thing. So we'll clear that up. But the other is this. Baptism is not a work. It's an action of faith god said go into the water and come back up and i'll be with you in the water and i'll be with you from then on that's an act of faith you can't look at your hands and see the difference this was an act of faith one of them Saul, is he healed he comes back to jesus crying out in a loud voice in his thanks and he's a samaritan now you might if you were in the first century you might say well that was rather a racist comment no, because in the first century, they were all about racism. They were all about, you know, we're the Jews, they're the Samaritans. Both groups thought they were the only ones God liked. And they hated each other because their religion they were relatives. It's a domestic fight. They're relatives that do not accept each other. The worst person to a Jew was a Samaritan. The worst person to a Samaritan was a Jew. And that's why it's brought up here. Because the very people who were not prepared for Jesus received him. More about that next week. I I think it's cool. This guy didn't even go to the priest yet. He runs back to Jesus and thanks him. But that's okay. Jesus spent his time connecting people to community that nobody else wanted to connect to community. It might be a sex worker. Uh, There were more than one in scripture that he accepted and loved and brought into the community it might be a demon possessed person it might be a roman centurion it doesn't really matter to jesus if you read the bible read the gospels i want you to look at every interaction jesus has and how many of them are with the people that righteous people thought you weren't allowed to interact with we'll talk more about this one later how How much sleep do you think Matthew got the first week? Matthew was a tax collector. Jesus already had a couple of apostles that were zealots, a political party that had concealed weapons at all times. It was against the law, but they would conceal daggers and short swords to kill anybody who went along with the Romans like tax collectors. And Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. And you can almost see the zealots, the sons of thunder, they were called, standing there going. And almost you can almost see Matthew going, says this a trick? I don't know. <laughs> Did James or John sit there sharpening a sword saying, go ahead, Matthew, go to sleep. <laughs> we, got, we got the first watch. You know, I, I don't know. He intentionally pulled people in that didn't like each other and said, walk with me. Here, a Samaritan comes. By the way, a lot of you out there, I want to let you know we understand. We do. In scripture, Jesus talks about the one sheep that wanders away. And so Jesus will leave the 99 and go find it. Some of you have wandered away. I understand many of us wandered away in our lives as well. But what I'm finding more and more and more in my life is that the one is away because the 99 kicked them out. And Jesus wants you back and he wants the 99 to shape up. He wants us to be marked by his love, a love that throws ropes around and brings people in and does not create borders to keep them out. And so if anybody, and some of you know this, if you email me, well, what's required and how, you know, how do you know that so and so people aren't part of your church? You know, I don't have a church. It's his church. He said, whosoever will may come, I'm not going to get out in front of him and go, he didn't really mean that. (laughs) I'm a sheep. I'm not the shepherd. I'm a creature. I'm not the creator. Jesus wondered aloud where the other nine were. And then he sent the man on his way, most likely to the priest. Then the other nine, they didn't thank him. So they got their leprosy back. No, they didn't. (laughs) No, they didn't. See, that's the thing. That's that unspoken little, they're in trouble. No. They were healed too. Jesus will heal the ungrateful too. And that's where we go next. John 15. And it all, it'll all work together back here in a bit. Check in my time. Because uh, I know that there's... a, there's a By the way, um, and those of you please just deal with us for a bit. After the lesson it's going to take some time to put things together. So people will take them together. When... They let me know they're ready. I'm not giving time. I told Cammie I'm not going to be one of those men that say it's got to be ready at this time. You know, it's ridiculous. When the when the people that do the work are ready, then we'll activate a mic and I'll call us to order. And then we're going to see a video that Mariette enhanced for us. And we'll tell a wee bit of the story there. Uh, after that, we'll have a prayer and we'll eat. All right. So it, it'll be there. John 15 Verses 12 through 14, my command is this, love one another as I have loved you. By the way, love one another, we often bring that up, but that as I have loved you, that's a high standard, that is. Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. That passage was always hit to us. If you do all that he commands, you're his friends. And then they'd run to Paul and bring commands in. And I'm going, wait a minute. You don't get to tell Jesus what he said. What did he say? Several times here we didn't read it. He comes right back to it. Here's the command. Love one another. If you do that, then You are like me. Well, he is saying this right before he is killed. In fact, this passage in John, John 14, 15, and 16, is really his parting instructions to his friends. He knows he's about to be arrested, beaten, tortured, and killed in a most humiliating, terrible way that the Romans could come up with. And they were masters at that and he looks at them and says love one another as I have loved you and he will die with forgiveness on his lips he was born with forgiveness from God's lips peace on earth goodwill toward mankind and Jesus dies with forgiveness And he ascends with forgiveness, saying, I will always be with you. Always. Until you mess up. No. Then you get your leprosy pack. No. No. I want to follow Jesus. So let's go back to the beach. Why would I decide to live a life where I never get drunk? And by the way, that doesn't make me holier than anybody else else. Because there are really some sweet people, I'm sure, They get drunk every now and then. And I don't get drunk, but I'm often not sweet. I know it's a bit of a shock. Hope you were sitting down. There are times when I let slip this cherubic demeanor and um, I'm a little bit harsher than I should be. And I generally catch myself later and repent. If I don't, you're allowed to tell me. You're allowed to call me out. But I don't want to be drunk because I want to be able to see and I can't see people. If I'm drunk. I want to be aware. I want to see. Now, you're on a beach, and on a beach you see more things than you really wanted to, and some of them are frankly terrifying. I'm fascinated by the sea, I guess, you know, Scotland, Ireland, you're fascinated by the sea, and I would just keep watching the different boats out there. I told Cammie how many times, I really love to have binoculars, but on the beach, you can go from interested in ships to creepy person, just like that. And you can also get closer to things than you'd ever want to be. So it's one of those, no, I'm just going to sit here and pretend I know what's on that ship. It was, uh, it was fun, but I, I want to see. I want to see who's around me. The first Jason Bourne movie had a couple of scenes in it that were really amazing. You know, he's sitting on the bench not knowing who he is. The cops come to hassle him and he beats him up just like that. And he now realizes he may be somebody. I was always thinking, you know, he could have stood up and said, you know, that outfit doesn't go together. He could have been a designer and found it out that way. But he's a great warrior. Later on, he's sitting in a diner with a lady uh, whose car basically he has taken and she went with it. And she's questioning him And he looks at her and and he says, do you know how many cars are in this lot? Do you know how many people are behind me? Do you know? And he starts naming it. And she goes, why do you know that? And he goes, I don't know. Well, later we find out he was trained uh, to, to be a warrior. And you need to know what you're seeing. You need to know what's there. Christians, we are warriors of love. Love is our weapon. But we cannot love people we do not see. We cannot love people we dismiss because, uh, They're fat. Oh, they're wearing way too little swimsuits, so they're a bad person. Oh, they're drinking warm margaritas. You cannot love people you dismiss. You cannot love people you do not see. We have to have our eyes open. My grandson, Fen, he is one of my five favorite people by stunning coincidence, I have five grandchildren. Finn Finn and I had issues, we were not against each other by any stretch, for for about two years, the word I said most to Finn was focus, because he was like a wild pinball in the machine, and he would bump into things, run into things, and just, and I'd say focus, focus, and he never got it from me, he got it from his soccer coaches, now on the field he sees everything, now he's learned to see everything i had to buy another car this week stories behind that but not for this and showed the boys pictures of it and they're kind of "Eh." you know if it's not a lamborghini it's like in fact my six-year-old said if you could sell that for a million then you could buy this (laughs) i said buddy if i could sell that for a million i'd sell cars because that would do it Um, but anyway it was Finn when I pointed it out. I had to be 20, 30 yards away. I just said, that, I just got that car. He goes, oh, and he named the car. I'm going. And then he started talking about what, which car did you trade in? He's focused. He sees. And it wasn't me. I think it was soccer that taught him look. Military will teach you to look, but so should love. Look. Make eye contact. You, you may end up not having a quiet day on the beach. But that couple's precious to Jesus. And that couple needs to be loved. We've had a bright light striking us. It's alright. It's a visitation, I'm sure. <laughs> be not Sorry? Be not afraid. <laughs> we come in peace or pieces or whatever. Uh, one of. This is a great day. It really is. We have no idea what's going to happen next. So I might burst into flames. So some of your prayers may be answered. Um, I, I'm, I don't get drunk because I, I don't want to be distracted. I want to see. I want to see. I'd, I'd miss the things I would be thankful for. People, we may as well be drunk if we're walking through this world unthankful. The vast majority of our prayers are answered. And I'm not doing that cheap shot thing. Some, it may, a lot of them are answered, no, no. The vast majority of our prayers are answered yes. We pray for safe arrival, and we do. We pray that we get over our colds, over our what, and we do. We pray that we'll get this right, and we do. On and on and on, that we'll get a job, that we'll recover. You get the idea. The vast majority of them are answered, and how often do we stop and thank God for all those answered prayers? Most of the time we don't. Because we assume that doing well is the normal, natural course of events. And having pain is the unnatural. So whenever the natural things sort themselves out, we don't even think about God's hand was in this moment. We only rail at God for the things he didn't do. When we should be thankful for the things that he did. There was, uh, by the way, you can also be thankful to God for unanswered prayers. I know that there's a song in country about that, uh, in country music about it. But I understand that as well. How many of us dated somebody and prayed to God, Lord, let this one be the one. And two weeks later, we're saying, smite them, Lord. Smite them. You know, it was, we, we had unanswered prayers as well. I get that. Uh, in a few minutes I have left. Sitting in my recliner after surgery. There had been a big, non-cancerous tumor. They had to go in there and uh, took a couple surgeries to get, and I had a cartoon head for a while. Um, but it's, it's really good. I can play trumpet on that side of my head. Uh, you know, if somebody says I have an empty head, I'll go, no, empty face. But um, it, it, was, it was painful, so I'm sitting in the recliner, and my kids are playing on the floor, and as kids do, they were a little loud and banging such. And I was getting angry and rah, rah, rah. Now, God doesn't really talk to me because, you know, I came from a tribe where that doesn't happen and he didn't want to shock me. But I heard the name, I heard in my head, in my heart, if you can't be happy now, you can't be happy. You've had medical treatment, got a comfy chair, your kids are healthy, you're warm inside, you have food to eat. If you can't be happy now, you can't be happy. Then a man loved me. One of our deacons called, and he said, is there anything I can do? And I said, no, no, we're covered. You know, that's a, no, anything. And Steve kept wanting anything. He, and then he said, can I mow your lawn? Well, it was February in Ohio. <laughs> so he was just being fun. And I said, no, I think we got that covered. And I don't know if it was the same day or not, but Cammy said, Patrick, you may want to look outside. And there he was going back and forth with a bubble mower just to bring me a smile. He paid attention. His eyes were open and his heart were open, was open. As we celebrate Friendsgiving in a month where we also have Thanksgiving, let us remember the command of Jesus and become his wide-awake friends. Eyes open. Thankful. As we move through, not this veil of tears, but this pile of blessings. that every now and then does have a needle in a haystack, but Wow what we have been given. Let's be available to those who need us and to the disconnected. Whether they were disconnected due to their fault or ours or others, let's just be open-eyed about our blessings. Let's be open-eyed to our opportunities. On a beach, you can sometimes see too much. But the greater danger is that we will see too little. Too little. There are clouds out there. There are birds. There's breeze and water. But they're also the children of God. They need to be seen and heard. They need to be loved. Now that couple's probably still talking about that strange people on the beach. I'm wondering if all people in Nashville are like that. Because we told them they were. I we told them it's where I swear, got the accent and all. But I was blessed by the interruption because it gave me the chance to see them, and to let them know they'd been seen. Friends, we see you. That's why we want you to check in. It's not a numbers game to us, although we'll say the numbers sometimes. It is the connection. We get so excited when a new town checks in, or a new country. We've already been told by one Family. Next month we're going to Madagascar and we're going to check in from there. I went, great. You know, that, that's funny. You know, show me a lemur. I'm excited. You know, Madagascar is a wild island. You are our friends because you love one another. And um, that's just an amazing thing. Why don't we bring the team up, Misha? We'll sing a couple of songs and then we will let those that know how to do